You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Welcome to the Mash Those Buttons Show, where we cover the latest in games, community, culture, and everything in between. This week, E3 returns, The Last of Us is getting a remake, and no more Cyberpunk 2077 multiplayer. This is episode number 45 for the week of April 12, 2021. My name is Jarrett, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with the games industry public defender and the scourge of Ironforge, Nick Zolenkavich. Hey, how's everybody doing? And I'd like to give a welcome to first-time listeners. Thank you guys very much for taking the time to check out the Mash Those Button Show and give a thank you and welcome back to our returning listeners, as well as, as a special thanks to our supporters on Patreon and our Twitch subscribers. Thank you very much. And if you want to know when we go live on Twitch, that's at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. We'll love to see you there. Uh, but uh, yeah, Nick, how you been doing? Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Tough times. Yeah, well, uh, I've got a busy week uh, with the uh, podcasting stuff going on. And then also we've got some some uh, irons in the forge, as it were, that uh, we'll be uh, we'll be we'll be talking about soon enough, I'm sure. And it's just uh a lot, a lot of pieces coming together. Lots of stuff going on. So, uh, all, all in all, I'm, I'm, you know, keeping busy. How are you doing? I am doing okay. Uh, better than last week because we missed the week again. I know it's my fault. Not only it's a, once again missed uh, the Matches Button Show and missed uh, Night City Stories. So that both of them are my fault. To be perfectly honest with you, you know. You know when. When we miss an episode, it's never our fault. It's our family's fault. And so I think <laughs> the, the moral here is don't have families. Yes. Don't, don't, don't have families. That is the moral of the story. But yeah, we had, I had a bit of a situation on Sunday uh, when we usually record. And then on uh, Thursday, well, Wednesday, I received my first COVID shot. And nice. yeah. And then I was just feeling like super tired on uh, Tuesday, on th- Thursday. So I was like, I, yeah, I just can't, like, yeah, I, I, I can't run that show well. Because <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, we went to go see Goro. Just fuck that guy. Let's just go. Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so. Well, that's um, the thing. You, when you, get, you have to schedule your shot around, like, your life, or, like, schedule your life around your shot because you, you have to expect, like, yeah, it's going to. It may not mess you up a lot, but it may still mess you up a little bit. And, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, my wife and I, we made sure we scheduled our shots like a few days apart so that, like, if one of us gets knocked down by it, the other one can still take care of the kids. Because if we're both knocked out by the shot, like, you know, how's that going to work? Like, you know, we're going to have the kids taking care of us. That's not going to fly. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah, for me, it was just kind of like I didn't feel bad. I was just kind of like run down. Like, I hadn't. It, it was like it was like. I don't know if if you've ever had like the flu before, but it makes you like tired. You know what I'm saying? It was not as bad as having the flu, 
but it was like kind of like that with no other symptoms. <laughs> it was not podcasting uh friendly though, to be honest with you. So uh but yeah, let's go ahead. We're going to start moving into our main topics. Before that though, uh you know, we do have a Twitter which is twitter.com/themashnetwork which you know, if you want to keep up with what's going on with this show and uh what's going on with other shows matches buttons network you can follow us there and uh we'd love to have you join our discord at mash.gg slash discord and you can join the rest of our community uh, or join the rest of the matches buttons community in there and you know we could talk about the matches buttons show or any other other games that we have podcasts for so love to love to see you in there uh but first thing first the king has returned e3 returns in 2021 uh, we have an article from The Verge, which I'm sure was just from a press release from E3 itself, uh, which says that the e, um, E3 2021 will be taking place between June 12th and June 15th. It is a free, reimagined, all-virtual event. Um, a couple companies have already signed up. Uh, Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two Interactive, and Warner Brothers. Devolver Digital isn't on that list. Why? I mean, technically speaking, they can just do their own. I think they they have. Well, on the one hand, last year felt very much like a finale for what they did. Like they may take a year off just because like, how how do you follow that up? That is true. On the other hand, like, yeah, they'll just do their own thing. They don't. I think they've they've transcended E3. They can they're almost their own form of entertainment at this point. And, uh, you know, they, they don't need consoles or PCs or, you know, they'll just, you know, blow stuff right into your brain. Yeah, that was the, that was an excellent finale. It was my favorite part of E3. It's been, the Devolver Digital has been my favorite part of E3 for the last three years, you know. So I'm looking forward to see what they do. But another big question is, what does Konami have to show? What do you have to show? <laughs> Why are you here? Like, yeah, like what? Like I don't understand what you have to. Is it a, a new Castlevania? Are you remaking Metal Gear? Are you, you know, what are you doing? You know, so that's questionable to me. Um, but I mean, honestly, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm kind of happy because I'm like, maybe this will bring some type of stability to the summer game announcements, man. You know, who else has to be excited about this is Jeff Keighley because now he has his summer back. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. He's got two months off. He doesn't have to be stuck in front of his computer interviewing devs all day. He's, he can yeah, have a life like- again. Oh, dude, yeah, like, because I think last year we were like, oh, cool, like, we're everybody's going to have different conferences, and it's going to be pretty cool, and it's like, oh, no, 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 because everybody did it, every, yeah, and I, honestly, there's only a few, a handful that did well, in my opinion, one being Jeff Keighley and his stuff, um, the other being Steam, the Steam, like, Summer Games, like, uh, showcase that they had was fucking awesome, you know why? Because it brought back demos. That's why brought back playable demos, which they've kind of kept throughout the year. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you can still get demos with a bunch of games now. And I'm like, yeah, that was, that's great. Cause that actually, you know, that's how I played ghost runner for the first time. I played the ghost runner demo and you know, stuff like that. But yeah, like, you know, games, game stop, not game stop game, uh, spot spot. There we go. They had theirs and IGN had theirs and, polygon had theirs right like everybody had their own 
summer games thing. And it's like, no, this is too disjointed. This is like, this is like Portal 2 when GLaDOS got control of the, of the, of the facility again. <laughs> you know, it's like you had um, Wheatley in control of the system and everything's out of fucking whack. <laughs> Nothing, nothing's really working properly. The panels aren't going like it's all out of control and GLaDOS just comes back and fixes it. And I'm like, I, hopefully they do a good job because if they don't do a good job. This is going to be damaging for them. <laughs> I think it's going to be damaging. We just need it all in one place, man. Like, uh, I know it's a lot of information that can happen at one time. And I mean, we should probably plan out our coverage a bit better than we have been. Um, but at the same time, it's just, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's one of those things, though, where, I mean, we've been trying to replace E3 for, I mean, how old is PAX? Like 15 years now? Like, well, I don't call, I don't say PAX is an E3 replacement, to be honest with you. No, 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 no. But, and I, I guess what, but what I mean by we is like the greater community. I think like, because PAX was sort of born out of an, PAX was born out of the fact that E3 was like, oh, we're closing to gamers or whatever. And we're, and the gamers, you know, Penny Arcade in particular tried to replace it. But like, overall, we've been saying like E3's dying, you know, like, like, you know, we've got all these other conventions and yet E3 like shambles on. I don't know if it's undead and it's like, it just cannot be killed. We haven't taken the head off yet. I don't know what we have to do, but I just feel like E3 sits at the, like it, it is enshrined itself as like the, 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 the cornerstone of the gamer year that everything else comes around that. And like, yes, you, you can have other conventions. You can have other ways of getting hype out about your games and announcements and, and all the trailers and stuff. And that's the stuff that we see. And you can have other conventions like uh, GDC where you have all the, the developers and, and the, the, you know, the, the technical side and all the employees, the companies meeting on the back end to talk about, you know, have their, their products and whatnot and all that. But like E3 is like the perfect combination of the two. And, and yes, last year didn't happen for obvious reasons, but and you know, and even this year is going to be hampered because even though it's all virtual, like you're not going to have those meetings in the back rooms. But I just feel it's the combination of those two that keep it going. Like, yes, you get the gamer side where they're hyped, and we don't need to be there for that. And you're also going to have the industry side that's very much a you know, a, there's very much a boon to the the industry because you've got all that networking and backroom you know dealing and whatnot going on. And so it's I don't. I think E3 can struggle. I think it'll continue to struggle. I think it's it's the kind of thing where nobody's really like super thrilled with it, but it's necessary and it's gonna take it's gonna take something of of really like greater magnitude to knock it off its perch. Well, I mean, the thing about E3, E3 was always like a trade show, right? It's for industry folks. So E3 has always just been true to itself. The problem is gamer entitlement. The problem is that, oh, there are games there. There are games there. I must be invited. This is for me. Like, no, it's not for you. <laughs> you know, this is for, this is like for industry stuff. Like, I mean, that's almost like people getting mad that they're not invited to GDC. Even though I'm pretty sure you can buy, just buy a ticket to GDC. But you don't see the general public. Because who wants a five hour presentation on like how the, the how the flops in a PlayStation work? <laughs> we you know, we like, had so that. We had that because uh what was it? 
that that the uh, who was was it Mark Kern that gave the presentation or whatever? Or, yeah, or, or, that or, and that that was for industry. Yeah, and everyone like, was like, "What? Like, what? How is this that, that Sony's going to announce the PlayStation Five? This is so dry and terrible." It's like it wasn't for you. This was not the announcement. Like, what are you complaining exactly. about? Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that. That's actually a beautiful example. It's one of my faves. <laughs> you know, because yeah, what it wasn't for you, and that's the thing. Like, not everything is for gamers. Just because games are involved does not mean that it's for you. Here, here, here's an anecdote. Right, my son-in-law loves Reese's cups. Right, so we had like a bag of like Reese, like the mini Reese's cups in the refrigerator. I come downstairs. The whole bag is gone. <laughs> I like this kid. I I go downstairs. <laughs> you know, I, I go to ch- I, I, I you know I go to him like, hey, where's the bag of the Reese's? And he's like, oh, it's right here. I'm like, why do you have the whole bag of the Reese's in your room? And he just like looked at me, like shocked, like what? Do you, why wouldn't I have it here? <laughs> and I'm like, just because there are Reese's in the house, and I know you like them, doesn't mean they're all for you. And I snatched the bag, flipped my cape, and walked back upstairs. <laughs> I like that kid. You know? that, that kid's got the right idea there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like that. It's how gamers treat games. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's how they treat uh, games that, oh, like, it, it's games. It's I, I must be invited. <laughs> you know? I'll let myself in. And E3 <laughs> wasn't about that. <laughs> E3 wasn't about that. Um, and the, the, the problem, and I'm pretty sure like when they started, clo- when E3 started closing to like gamers and the thing is like, it wasn't just like, you could just kind of walk up there and get a ticket or just buy a way in. You still had to show some type of credentials. The people that were getting into E3 were like retail workers that like, you know, that's the thing. You still had to work for like a re- right. when I went in 05, you still, you had to show that you worked for a retailer, you know? And I'm pretty sure they closed the gates to those people because of, of of companies complaining. Like a marketing person would be talking to somebody only to find out they stock CDs at Best Buy. <laughs> well, that's, that's, I think that's what I was going to ask is like, as a retail worker, did going to E3 actually benefit you in any capacity? Of course it did because you got to play the games as it as before they came out. Did it? Did it? Uh, you, you know, so you actually used that knowledge then when you went back to no, work. You just you just told your friends about it. <laughs> That's what I'm asking. Did it benefit you in a professional? Did it actually help you at your job? The, oh, God, no. Your job's the one sending you there. Did they did they actually see any return on investment other no, than you? No, the, you the, correction. You, my job did not send me. I said I worked for them. Like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I just proved I worked for that retailer. And you know, you sp- you sound like a pay stub or something, and they would send you so, um tickets so the problem is they needed to refine their their how they were letting people in because yeah it's like so you could, you could get a job at like gamestop and then just go and be like oh yeah i, I, have, I can go to e3 now and yep. then quit right after because you went to e3 and you're like i don't, I don't need this job at gamestop you could have to- totally fucking did that if you wanted to but that's the people that had like they there were people that ended that were just there and they, they, they weren't gonna do anything with that knowledge you know what i'm saying that knowledge or like those connections or anything like that. And so, yeah, I'm pretty sure E3 closed its doors to, 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 to that level of employee because vendors were probably complaining. Right. You know? And then everybody threw a fit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> threw a fit about it. And then they opened their doors to everybody, regardless of whether you're in the industry or not. Right. So, I mean, 
uh, that's the thing. I mean, PAX, don't get me wrong, PAX definitely has its place. Like, PAX, I'm glad they shut the doors to E3 and made it harder for people to get in because then we wouldn't have PAX. There would have been no need for PAX at all. And I think, um, you know, you know, PAX came at the right time because of social media. Yes. And word of mouth. If there's no if there's no social media and word of mouth stuff and people posting pictures and posting like video clips and stuff like that and you know YouTube to show things like PAX doesn't work well, as well. I mean, to say that PAX came at the right time, Penny Arcade came at the right time because they became one of the key hubs for gamers online, you know, sort of agnostic of the the, the other sites and whatnot. I mean, you'd go to like IGN or not even, IG, you know, you'd go to uh, like one up and I'm trying to think of the old sites. They used to Destructoid. exist. Right. And then, you. oh, yeah, let me go also check, check out Penny Arcade because, you know, they're, they're, they're funny. They're cool. I like them. And then, yeah, like, you know, as, as everybody else started, you know, falling by the wayside as media, you know, conglomerated and whatnot, you know, Penny Arcade just happened to be in the right place at the right time and have the, the resources to be like, let's do this. Yeah. Media always conglomerates, man, except Mashal's buttons. We're forever. <laughs> We're working on That's it. a fucking <laughs> lie because you put enough money in my face. I'm going to conglomerate like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be straight up with y'all. Yeah, yo, I'm like, we're all adults here. We're all adults here, you know? So, hey. <laughs> but, but, um, oh my God. Looks like oneup.com. I, I just went up to oneup.com because you haven't been there. And uh, I haven't been there in a long time. And it doesn't even have an SSL certificate, dude. Who cares? I don't think it still existed when oneup.com did. <laughs> like, it doesn't. Like, what's... What, oh, my God. Like, why is this still running? <laughs> <laughs> Top games on 1UP. Diablo 3. Bioshock Infinite. Assassin's Creed 3. I take it back. PS3, I think SSL did Wii exist at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Starcraft 2. Heart of the Swarm. Oh, what the hell? You know, okay, Why those are, is this? those are my top games, but I also had a kid a few years ago and I haven't really played anything new since Bro. then. So what's their excuse? <laughs> this has to be running on a server and somebody just forgot about it. <laughs> this is amazing. This is live, folks. <laughs> I, I did not plan on doing this. So this must be running on a server and somebody just forgot it existed. And in 2032. <laughs> Some accountant's going to be looking at what is this $15 that we've been <laughs> paying for every year. And they're going to look into it. And it's like, oneup.com? What the fuck is that? <laughs> the problem is they tried, to, they tried to cancel the site, but it has, has another free life. Oh, my God. It's apparently part of IGN. Is it up just for historical purposes? Holy shit, dude. That's fucking hilarious. Wow. I'm really glad you brought that up. <laughs> i'm really glad you brought that up it's like somewhat functional like ooh, god damn like i just went to go open a link and it uh it tried to download something to my computer <laughs> i'll be careful yeah. there you said it doesn't have ssl so <laughs> yeah it, it does not so You're like trying to yeah. give your computer a one-up yeah it, it just downloaded like an html page or something like that so yeah i'm just gonna go ahead and delete that so <laughs> yikes um yeah that's fucking hilarious but, download uh, this site now no your computer's gonna host it until something yeah. else gonna... yeah it's it like a floats... horror it's like one of those one of those horror movies like yeah. you know one of those digital horror movies they've been making and stuff like that that's funny oh man yeah oh my god this is crazy to me 
but enough on oneup.com, the rediscovery of oneup.com. I am looking forward to E3 this year just to see what they do and uh, if they can if they can put the crown back on, you know what I'm saying? That that'd be great. So Oh man. Oh my god, powered by Raptor. Oof, I remember that shit. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh so moving on. The Last of Us is getting a remake. And this is an article that comes from IGN.com. Well, this is still kind of a rumor. Nothing official has been announced, but uh, apparently this is from a very reliable source. A bunch of uh, places have reported on it. But Sony Studios are reportedly working on a Last of Us remake. Uh, Sony Ben Studios pitched to create a Days Gone 2, and that was rejected by Sony. And the studio was tasked with working on an existing franchise. That franchise was not The Last of Us 2, though. Oh, so it was not The Last of Us remake. That was actually supposed to be an Uncharted game. And, uh, yeah, apparently Sony Bend complained about that. Okay, they complained about having their autonomy taken away because around the same time, um, according to these reports, uh, they I don't want to say they got absorbed in the Naughty Dog, but I think a lot of their leadership got shifted around and more Naughty Dog devs were brought to, into their studio and they ended up like basically, I guess, not liking the restructuring. And they complained about it a, get, and they, a, a bit, and they were moved off of the Uncharted project, which was supposed to be a new chapter in the series, probably a prequel. Um, and now they're working on an original game. So we don't know if the Uncharted project is still going on. It probably is somewhere. But, you know, um, before the Naughty Dog employees were brought into Sony Bend, apparently they were in charge of The Last of Us remake. You know. Uh, so they were working on that. And before actually, cause this, you know, this all kind of sounds like it's happening at the same time, but it's not, I think they pitched a days gone Two in 2019. Sony said no. And they not for, I guess they forced them to work on the last of us part two with naughty dog as like additional support. Once that was out, then they went to go work on the last of us remake, uh, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of uh, moving parts going on here. Um, but yeah, we already knew that the last of us, uh, multiplayer was the last of us Two multiplayer was in development and that's going to come out at some point. It kind of, it kind of feels like, well, I think the, the, the overall worry now is that Sony isn't as experimental as they were before. Like, cause Sony used to kind of like have smaller studios, have them work with larger studios or kind of work on larger projects and then they go make their own project right or they'd have a, a studio work on a franchise for a while and kind of like really like, take gorilla games for example they were they worked on the um kill zone oh god kill zone for a long long time and um i think they had one game between there it was like a like some type of mars game or something like that um it was another shooter and then they made Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, and they're going to use that franchise. But that only came from that studio kind of on the glow up. You know what I'm saying? You right. had Sucker Punch, which made um, Infamous, worked on Infamous 2, then worked on Infamous Second Son. And then, boom, you get Ghost of Tsushima after that. They kind of get so like basically Sony gives it feels like they give their studios more creative freedom. You know, 
But now I think that the worry is that Sony is just hyper focused on blockbusters. That and the fact that The Last of Us came out in 2013. If this remake is in development, more than likely you wouldn't hear about it until 2022 with a release 2023, 2024. Early. That's the earliest we're talking. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a little bit more than that. Um, then again, you could have a Final Fantasy VII situation where that remake is actually a continuation. And if you haven't played Final Fantasy VII Remake yet, I'm sorry. So what do you, you say? You say like at the end of the first act, like Abby's just going to show up and everybody's gonna be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be anything, right? Like it's a Last of Us remake. It just means that the Last of Us, they could just be using the name Last of Us, right? It could be a totally different story with, with different characters, you know? Is Sony's goal to have The Last of Us be like the last game for each console generation? <laughs> you know, it could be like it could be one that situation. Like, we don't know if they're going to do a Joel and Ellie type story again. You know? They already had you know, they had Abby and um Lev. Which is not Ellie and Joel, right? You know what I'm saying? They don't have to have the infected girl there. There's enough bad shit happening around, you know, that that world that they don't really need that. Not to mention, because of what Joel did, that world is persistent now, you know? And it doesn't appear that Ellie was going to find a scientist to, to make a vaccine or anything like that anytime soon. You know what I'm saying? I just think if they did it, that's just a really shit way to end the story, to be perfectly honest with you. If there's an opening for A Last of Us Part 3 to kind of close out Ellie's story, you know, I think that would have been a better move. Because I do want kind of want to see, you know, that story closed out. Because if you finish The Last of Us 2, like, yeah, you just, that ending is so fucking empty. It is so empty, you know? I just wonder, and I know you pointed out this wouldn't be out till, you know, for a few years anyway, but like, okay, like the jump from the PlayStation 2 to the PlayStation 3, and then even more so the the PlayStation 4, like, there was a huge jump in there. So, like, games that were made on the PlayStation 2 and remade for the PlayStation 4, it's it's mind-blowing and entirely justified. The PlayStation 3, though, I feel like that kind of still holds up, and so is there... Like, if they are doing a, a even a Final Fantasy-style remake, where, like, they're going to mess with the story a little bit, but for the most part, it is going to be based in the, you know, the, the existence of the first game. Is there enough, like, graphical update from the 3 to the 5 to really justify it? Because you can argue, like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, like, Shadow of the Colossus. Like, you know, like, they didn't change the gameplay or anything there. They just refined the, you know, they just made, made the graphics and the presentation a lot better. And it look, looks great. Like, is there enough room to really make the presentation that much better from a PlayStation 3 era game, especially one that already had a version come out for the PS4, albeit, you know, early in the PS4's life cycle? Um, you know, or or is this just like, because if there's not, then I would have to think they're going to have to lean heavier on the the Final Fantasy 7 style. Let, let's play with the gameplay and the story and, you know, we'll throw Cloud in there for no good reason and mess things up. So, I mean, I think um, 
from a graphical perspective, I mean, obviously going from the PS4 to the PS5, no, sorry, the PS3 to the PS5, yes, there is a PS4 remastered version, which does look better for sure. You know, especially playing at 60 FPS, in, in my opinion, it actually made the game way easier to play. Um, the PS4 Last of Us 2, though, looked amazing. Like, it looked really, really good. And I'm pretty sure you will be able to play The Last of Us Part 2 on PS5 as well. I don't know if it has an enhanced version or not, though. It probably will be getting one, uh, especially because they did it for God of War. But... Um, yeah, I don't, there's there's just no need for it, you know. Like I do understand it, it'll be like ten years at that point, but yeah, there's no need to completely remake like a, a remake, an actual remake of it. There's no re- you can just continue the story unless they have nowhere to go. I don't know, or they're gonna have two continuities because at that point they're taking out a Naughty Dog's hands, right? Because this remake was a not a, it's not necessarily a naughty dog remake which actually that's a whole different problem by itself right you're having non naughty dog teams make naughty dog games and naughty dog is really great at writing and dialogue and that's what sells the last of us that's what sells the last of us uh you know the last of us was a groundbreaking great game not because of the gunplay, not because of the stealth, but because of the cinematography, the writing, the dialogue, the character interactions, all that stuff that kind of goes into making a Naughty Dog game. Well, if, if you have like the original recordings of the dialogue and the, the mocap sessions, you know, you're just prettying up the, the cinematics. And then like you said the gameplay doesn't really matter. That's all just, uh, you know, there for fluff. So, you know, you can put out whatever, you know, you know, gameplay you want to do. This is your developer and uh, that, it'll sell itself. Eh. No, <laughs> <laughs> not that easy, Nick. I know, but, you know, so, I mean, there's a good reason for concern here. I mean, the thing is, like, we don't know what kind of remake we're going to get, first of all. But there's a reason for concern that, you know. I say I think the bigger reason for concern is that this may signal a shift in how Sony is dealing with their internal studios and how they're dealing with their, you know, game development. If their if their focus right now really is on blockbuster titles and reusing IP to get people to buy games, do you get some of those smaller games, some of those uh, more experimental games? Do you get a Horizon Zero Dawn? Do you get a, uh, um, oh God, Journey? There you go. That non-game? Do you get a Journey? <laughs> so you should consider this a win all around then. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I love Horizon Zero Dawn. No, I'm talking about Journey. <laughs> yeah, I know you're talking about, I know you're talking about Journey, yeah. but it won't be a win all around. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, well, I, I, But the thing is, Horizon Zero Dawn was a blockbuster. That's the kind of game that they would want. So I don't understand how, like, because I, I guess to a degree that you're you're right insofar as, like, you don't get the jump from Killzone to Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, without letting the studio kind of play and figure out their direction and whatnot. Because, yeah, in hindsight, of course they want more Horizon Zero Dawn. We're getting more Horizon Zero Dawn. That's going to be one of those blockbuster franchises that they're looking for more of. Uh, and, again, you could uh, you could say there it's not about the gameplay necessarily. It's about the fact that you're killing robot dinosaurs. Like, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> right, yeah. But So, really, they just need good pitches, and then they'll go with it. But, no, it's 
I, I can't imagine that they are. But then again, this is one of those things that we keep getting warned about with the way game development is going, especially because we don't see the price of games going up, although we do have DLC and other you know, methodologies for monetizing games, so you know, to help keep the price down. But the cost of AAA development is getting so high. It's the same thing that happens to the movie studios. The cost of making blockbusters is so high. Either you're making a blockbuster that's intended to, you know, shatter box office records, or you're, you're you know, it's, it, you got indie movies, and that's it. There's no mid-tier movie anymore. And I think we're, this is what this is what where it starts to hit the game industry is that Sony's not producing that mid-tier game. That's like, yes, it's a, you know, it's a quality game. It's not an indie game, but it's still experimental it's still you know a little bit off the beaten path and this is going to be like a stepping stone for a studio to really step up and 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 make something you know fantastic and and that's not to say that those games weren't fantastic those games were you know were very enjoyable but it, it we i think this is this is the first real like evidence that we're losing something here and that the industry is shifting and it's going to fall I think what's if anything, what you're going to see is that those developers that Sony would have had, those won't be PlayStation games. They'll they'll still be innovating. They'll still be putting interesting stuff out, but they're going to wind up as indie games out on out on Steam or uh, or whatnot. So I would say, is the industry changing, or is Sony changing? I'd argue that we're seeing a shift in the attitude at Sony. The, you know, we're in the Jim Ryan era. Right, like that's the um, oh god, what is his position? It's the um, uh, he's the CEO of um, Sony Interactive Entertainment, right? That, I think right. that's what he is. Um, I believe that I believe that's the position. I, I may be wrong about that, but he used to do what Sean Layden did before. A lot of that growth that we saw, um you know, with the PlayStation 3 or that attitude change that we saw with the PlayStation 3, especially after the botched launch, right? The botched launch of the PlayStation 3, um, the PSN hack, you know, we saw a shift in attitude from Sony to put gamers first, to put games first. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, Sony wanted to make money because they're business, no shit, right? But their focus was on making games and new experiences and you know things like that uh you know they put a lot of money forward into any developers and into new ideas and, and things like that and that's how you got you get that's how you got a lot of those first party titles there was a lot of creative freedom at sony at least that's the way it, it, it kind of felt and a lot of that was under sean Layden. you know i, I think you know because I don't. Th- I think he succeeded Jack Trenton. Yes, uh, in like 2014. But before that, let me see. Let me, let me look real quick. Since like 2007, yeah. Like since since 2007, he was the president of Sony uh, Computer Entertainment in Japan, uh, which he held until until March 2010. And in 2010, he became one of the founding members of Sony Network Entertainment International, serving as the executive vice president and COO. And then he succeeded Jack Trenton. So he was there for, uh, you know, kind of a lot of, don't get me wrong, it's not like I'm giving him all the credit, you know, but it feels like after, you know, with the shift to Jim Ryan, we may be seeing a a shift at Sony in in general. And obviously, I I don't work at Sony, so who knows what might actually be driving those changes behind the scenes. But this reminds me of a shift that happened in the late 2010s, you know? Rhymes with Xbox, 
(laughs) (laughs) It's Xbox, by the way. So, you know, in the late 2010s, you had a shift with Xbox that after they had cemented themselves as, in the United States at least, as as the best place to play games, they started to shift focus away from the experience of playing games and, you know, to how do we make more money with these games? How do we make more money with the Xbox platform? They kind of, that's what they, that's what they did. And I've, I've, I've kind of already beat that, that horse to death. And that's how we end up with the terrible launch and terrible initial presentation of the Xbox one, the terrible policies that they wanted to put in place with the Xbox one. And overall, Microsoft not recovering from that in that entire generation. You know, that's how that happened. But that shift, that didn't start in 2013. That shift started in like, I want to say like 2009, 2010-ish, you know? Um, and it, 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 it took a while. And this feels like one of those shifts, if we're correct, right? We may be just over overdoing it here, which is a possibility. But this this feels like the beginning of one of those shifts. Well, I, th- I think the main difference, though, is that with Xbox, it was very clear that they wanted their their goal was to be in everybody's living room, regardless of whether or not you were a gamer. And they that was like their that was like their starting point. And then they're like, okay, how do we get from here to there and and figure all that out? And no, oh, fantasy football that's perfect. Here, this feels a bit like we just want to keep putting out the big hits. That's all that we care about. And so. What they're kind of doing is cutting themselves off at the knees, but they're they're in. I feel like the end goal is. I mean, ultimately, the end goal in all these cases is make a ton of money. But their end goal here is at least like, oh well, we just want to keep putting out just the blockbusters, just the big stuff, and so we're gonna have to cut off the lower stuff without realizing it's the lower stuff that gets you to the blockbusters. And so it is a short sighted goal, but at the same time, it does it it doesn't feel quite as. Uh, it it doesn't feel quite as as uh, as genre shifting as, as Microsoft's was. Microsoft was we're we're expanding the base and and we're going to announce this at the exact wrong place to announce this and we're going to focus on the exact wrong things for this crowd. This here is just like like they're saying like we want to give you more Last of Us. I don't think you know uh, you know the game just what sold like two million copies in launch week or something. Like it's not right. It's not a bad thing. People aren't like oh whoa whoa. Or Last of Us, hold up. I got my fill. I'm good. <laughs> but the problem here is that even Neil Druckmann did not know what they were going to do next. He didn't know if they were going to give you more Last of Us, and he would know, like, he'd have creative control there. And the reason is because he they weren't sure if they had more story to tell. Well, that's why you do a remake. Because you don't know, <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> you he, put everybody on the remake because that's all you got. You, wait, you remake the, the second one, remake the first one, next generation, remake the second one, and just keep remaking them every other generation in perpetuity. Now, this is like, you know, this could be coming out of my ass here because obviously like, I don't work with Naughty Dog, but it feels like The Last of Us started as an idea with a story as opposed to a game, you know? Because like I said, the, the game mechanics of The Last of Us are okay. Like, you know, it's it's some it's stuff that we've seen before, you know, stealth, a little shooty shoot, a little arrow here, you know, stuff like that. But it's really it felt like that that game started with a story that they wanted to tell. Now you're doing this Last of Us remake. You're just trying to make that same game with the same name. And you because you they're probably going to slap a story together, which is going to be bad for the franchise. I, see, I, I don't. 
I don't think they're going to slap a story together. I think you're going to get the same. I'm taking them at their word. This is going to be a remake. It's going to be the first one. I don't want to say shot for shot. I mean, they might tweak some things, but I don't think they're going to be like reinventing too much of the wheel. I think they're they're, because they don't have anything like they don't have anything to reinvent. They're just going to be like, we, we, we want, we want last of us to be a console you know, like a console selling game, every generation there's a new console. And if we can't get that, then we have to just keep keep reusing what we've got until the, until the, until they lock Neil Druckmann in a room and like force him to come up with a new game. But they're only like, you know, the last the Final Fantasy Seven remake worked now it more did, than ever. Because, but yeah, but, well, it worked more than ever now because of the huge technology difference, right? It had yes. something to offer. With the Last of Us remake, they only have better graphics to offer right. and faster load times. Right, that's what they have to offer. Right. Why are you agreeing? Because, what is your no, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying this is a good idea. I'm just saying this is their only idea. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's the thing. Like, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not unless it continues the story in some way. You know. There's no reason for a remake. That's what I would think. I agree with you on that, but I think that's what they're going to do anyway. Because, yeah. like, you, like you said, Neil Druckmann has no other idea unless the, unless they're just taking it completely out of Naughty Dog's hands, and then you're going to have like Jim Ryan penning it and setting it down to executives or whatever. And you're going to get the, <laughs> one of those, you know, like you know, you know, create creative direction by executive fiat, which those always go well. Yeah. So, oh man. <sighs> I I don't think it's a good idea. Like if they're doing it your way, it's not a good idea. It's going to tarnish them. Oh, I'm not saying they should. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so actually, I think I got something wrong. I don't think Jim Ryan succeeded late, and I think I, he might have been. I don't know if he killed Laden and drank his blood. No, no, I don't know what. I, I don't know if he was late. I don't think he was Laden's boss. But apparently, like the rumor, there's a rumor that. Layden stepped down uh, saying that because he had an internal power struggle with Jim Ryan over further restructuring of the global of SIE. So, yeah, at the time in 2019, Sean Layden was the CEO of SIE, uh, SIE Worldwide Studios and Jim Ryan was the president, was the, was the president of SIE. Listen, I want to say that Layden showed up somewhere like a year or two ago with, with a, a beard. massive beard. Yeah. And yep. he, I want to say he was going on about the fact that AAA development is getting too expensive. Right. Yeah, he was. That's what he was saying. Like, yeah, he was saying that AAA development is getting too expensive and something needs to happen. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what their organizational chart looks like, but I mean, in terms, if you have a power struggle with somebody, obviously you're, I mean, you're close to being on the same level, you know? So I don't know how things kind of work over there at Sony. Like since he's he was CEO of SIE Worldwide Studios. So for I, for some reason I thought that Jim that Jim Ryan had succeeded him, but I don't think that was actually the case. No. So I think I might have been wrong about that. But I mean, this isn't about Sony's internal politics to a degree. I guess maybe it is to a degree. It's about Sony's internal politics because I think this signals like a shift in how they are focusing on games and the reason why i think sony really won the hearts of gamers for the second time was because they put you know the games first and not the dollars on the games first you know actually i mean 
I forget what game Layden was talking about, but he was on the E3 stage one time and he was talking about a game that's one of his favorites. And he says it wasn't a massive seller, but that's okay because the game was great. Talking about, you know, it's not, the, it, not every game that comes out has to be a mega hit, is what his point was. And that was Sony's philosophy at the time. Right. And don't get me wrong. Sony does not running a charity, never has. It has to make money. But one of the reasons it made money is because they had this games first kind of mentality, not dollar signs first mentality. You know, because if you have a dollar signs first mentality, great projects get canceled. A lot of people are upset that Days Gone 2 got rejected. I'm not because I thought the game was ass. That's what know, I was so. going to say is the other problem <laughs> is everybody's getting all all hyped up about, you know, oh, they, there's no Days Gone 2. And it's like, I remember like. Everybody was like, that game was okay, but it wasn't anything special. And like, yeah. now everybody's like, oh no, that game deserved a sequel. Like that game like changed my life. And I can't believe I'm not going to get to re-experience that. Like, you know, and it's like, okay, like sometimes a game is just kind of middling. And I, 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 I'll admit, I didn't play the game, so I don't know exactly how it hit, but I don't remember that being like a, like a, a world beater. I don't remember that setting the world on fire and everybody's acting like it was way more than it was like. And I, and I guess this is maybe where you have a little bit of room to argue because everybody's like, even in the articles I've been seeing about this, they're like, yeah, like Dave's, Days Gone, you know, had it met with like, you know, middling reception and there were some critical issues with it. You know, the, the critics didn't, you know, necessarily like the game as much as they could have, but it still deserved a sequel. And I'm like, did it? Did it? Yeah, like, like no, like it, I'm sorry, that shit did not deserve a sequel. Like it just wasn't a good game, in my opinion. Your your pitch for Days Gone Two was making Days Gone, and you <laughs> you didn't pull that off, unfortunately. Yeah, no, no, I'm not gonna shed a tear over Days Gone, but some other projects that might have turned out good, like we may never see it now because Sony may be focusing their studios on the bigger projects, like you know. They have, you know, obviously God of War, Ragnarok. I don't know if that's going to be another trilogy. It could they'll be another it a trilogy. trilogy. Or they'll just they, keep remaking God of War and Ragnarok in, for each console generation in perpetuity. Yeah, so um, they could, they could. I mean, they could just go through the pantheon of another, you know. I, I don't even know what they would do at this point. I think they actually tackled Egypt in a comic book for God of War. Um, a, they, they can... They can write. Yeah, they, they, can write a, they can write. They, yeah, they, they can write. They can write around it at the very least. Right. Um. I don't know. Honestly, I. Uh, this is now we're getting a little off topic, but I think at the end of this God of War series, Kratos dies. I think he dies at the end of the series, and then at that point, then they do the remake. <laughs> <laughs> because at that point, we're going to be talking, you know, close to PS six. And then I would imagine that there should be some big enough differences between the PS2 and the PS6 to warrant a remake. What if we get The Last of Us, but it's Kratos and Ellie? <laughs> She'd be dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a lots of, I'm not sure if you've played God of War, like the, the original, like, series, but there's just lots of moments where you sacrifice people. Like, <laughs> It's just like they're like, oh, I'm glad you're here. Let me free. Oh wait, what? Why are you pushing me toward this pit of fire? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that happens a lot in that game. So, all right. Do you want us? I think we should probably skip the um the Marvel's Avenger thing. Yeah, it's fine. With Cyberpunk. All right. So yeah, we're gonna go ahead and move on. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about the Cyberpunk 20, 2077 multiplayer that looks like that's not actually happening anymore. 
Uh, so there's an article from PC Gamer. It looks like um, PC, uh, CD Projekt Red released a statement uh, that indicates they may pull the plug or may have pulled the plug on the Cyberpunk 2077 multiplayer. Since previously we hinted that our next AAA would be a multiplayer Cyberpunk game, but we have decided to reconsider this plan. Uh, given our new, more syst- uh, systemic uh, and agile approach, a uh, systematic, sorry, and agile approach, Instead of primarily primarily focusing on one big online experience for a game, we are focusing on bringing online into all of our franchises. One day, we are building an online technology that can seamlessly integrate that can be seen. Oh, sorry, seamlessly integrated into development of our future games. And they continue said, "CD Projekt Red makes single player story driven triple A RPGs. This is not changing. What is changing is our long term approach to online." By this, we mean ensuring we are properly prepared to implement online elements in our games where they make sense. We don't have to go overboard or lose our single-player DNA. We want to take thoughtful steps to building robust online capabilities. And um, I think uh, this didn't happen recently. Maybe it happened last year, but apparently CD Projekt bought a company called Digital Scapes, which is a studio that specializes in multiplayer game development. Um, yeah, so the cyberpunk multiplayer, a lot of people were expecting it because obviously they said that's what they were going to do. So I think a lot of the community was like, okay, well, they're going to fix the game first, right? And then they're going to br- bring out the multiplayer because even in GTA Online, the multiplayer was not ready by the time the game came out. We had to wait a little bit to get the GTA Online multiplayer, and that has just been printing money for Rockstar, however. Yeah, now that it looks like they may actually be dumping the Cyberpunk 2077 multiplayer, I actually think that puts Cyberpunk 2077 in danger. Because I think after a certain amount of time, if the game... First of all, from a content perspective, we're not getting any more content. We're not. We're not getting... like The DLC that they were talking about for the game is... I don't think it's a story DLC. Like It's probably going to add a few extra missions or something like that. But I don't think it was anything substantial. I think the substantial part that they were working on was the multiplayer. So now you have Cyberpunk 2077. People were expecting to get at least a multiplayer component that probably would have continued the story. I guess I guess you could say GTA Online contains the story, but at least it gives you story content. Because um, they said the multiplayer would have something to do with the main story of Cyberpunk 2077. And yeah, like... Now that's just gone, and there was no plans for any type of big DLC. And plus, with the way the game ends, well, I guess technically speaking, they could cut, they could have slid the DLC into somewhere before the game ends, right? Like, oh, this happened before you did whichever ending you did, you know? So, technically speaking, but now that there's none of that, the game, like, it's gonna, you're gonna have less people buying the game. And the more the time that progresses, the less it's worth CD Projekt to actually fix the game. You know, the only reason I think they might continue to fix the game is because I'm pretty sure they have that cyberpunk anime coming out. And when the cyberpunk anime drops, if it is good, it will bolster the sales of Cyberpunk 2077. Look, The Witcher 3, wasn't The Witcher 3 like the number one game on the charts, when uh, on the sales charts when The Witcher came out? Yes, that is the, correct. The Witcher TV show came out? That is correct. 
That is the only reason I think they may continue to work this game, get all of the bugs taken care of. They may do whatever it takes to get it going. Because The Witcher 3, when it came out, wasn't in great shape. There are bugs today in The Witcher 2, though, where they just stopped working on them. So what, the fact that people were like super surprised by the bugs in Cyberpunk, I mean, it tells me that you weren't paying attention. Witcher well, if, 2 if you for came PC. To the Witcher 3, if you came to The Witcher 3 late and you missed the early you bugs. Did, right. yeah. So Witcher 2 on PC, on the console version was fine. The PC version, not so much. But console players didn't care about that at the time because everything was great on console. But hey, how the tables have turned. because the only thing i have to worry about in my game right now is randomly seeing s sticking out the top of my uh car sometimes (laughs) that's the only bug i really worry about but what if that's the bug that they're like well if we can't have people getting into cars and then sticking out the top because that kills the whole concept of the multiplayer like we want people to be able to get into cars and then kind of speed off and you don't know where they went and it's like oh I, i see his ass i can just shoot him from here Right, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. Like, I, I hope they don't drop it. I hope they continue to just fix it and work it. The thing about the game, though, the reason the game needs more content itself is because they did underdeliver. Even if the game was perfect on launch, zero bugs, the game underdelivered on what they said that they were bringing. 100%. There's no way around it. You could be the biggest Cyberpunk 2077 fan. Shit, man. I do a fucking podcast about it, and I'll tell you that shit. (laughs) It is. It is. They completely underdelivered on the story, you know, on the story and the systems and things and things like that. Honestly, to be perfectly honest with you, the the, the most boring way to play the game is like just with a straight up FPS build, which you can because you'll end up just blowing through enemies, right? Um, I, in my second and third playthrough, like when I have a, I have like a hacker sniper and then I have a blade wielder. Those are significantly more fun and challenging for me to do than just going through with my street kid who is like armed to the teeth, has great perks. And I just blow people away with guns at this point, you know? Um, but other than that, like, yeah, it's just the, the game under delivered. And I really think they needed the extra content to kind of bolster it. So, you know, so it's going to go either way. I hope they don't drop the game because this won't be the first time that a game just got straight up dropped. Right. You know, they did offer refunds in the beginning, but I don't think they're going to be like um, Arkham Knight. Where with Arkham Knight, they were just like, yo, we can't fix this shit. You, you, you can have a refund, dude. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like we're, we're not going to work on it anymore. Um, funny enough, I think they actually ended up working on it anyway, though, because the PC version of Arkham Knight now is actually pretty stable, at least for my systems, you know, so, but yeah, that's, I, I, without the multiplayer, I don't think they have as big of an incentive to fully fix the game. I don't think so. The question that I have is because like you pointed out, GTA online, let's rockstar print money. And so if you're entering that market space you're entering it with the expectation like, and we'll get to this point where we are now printing money. And if you just cut off the whole online ecosystem and you're like, yeah, we're not doing that. What is your plan for printing money in the future? Because you still need money. <laughs> like, you, you clearly had, you know, like you, 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 like, you know, like even then, like, even if you take the approach of say, uh, 
No Man's Sky. And you're like, you know what? We're just going to keep reworking this. We know we fell short of our initial vision and we're just going to keep reworking this and reworking the world until everything is there. And, and all the things that we said you'd be able to do, you can do. And there's enough story content overall. Even if they do that, like there's no recurring revenue coming in off that unless they make it into DLC, but it doesn't sound like they're going to. So I don't know how, how do they keep the studio open if they're not going to, you know, produce multiplayer or are they just moving on to something? They have something else. Maybe they're going to, they're going to put out days gone too. That's, that's their big market seller. Well, I think the thing about no man's sky was that they were because the news got out really early that the game was trash. A lot of people didn't buy it. So when the game got good, a lot of people did buy. They still had a really large audience of people who didn't buy that game, you know, at at, at that time. Cyberpunk on launch had, I'm pretty sure it made back the money for all of its development. That's like a nine year development cycle. Made back all that money. So a ton of people bought Cyberpunk at launch. So at this point, you're probably, you're just kind of fixing the game. So that the people who already bought it can 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 play it, you know, and they're like, well, that's just going to eat into the profit that we have. We could go make a whole new game with the money that we made on this, you know. And I think they might just kind of cut their losses here, but they also may may be interested in getting their name back with with the players. But let's be real: if they hyped up a game enough, they can probably get people to buy it. I think like they they, they would definitely get people to buy it because gamers are fickle creatures you know so <laughs> your last game sucked but that trailer looks so good <laughs> yeah exactly you know so i i don't know i i, I am a little worried that they are just going to kind of cut it loose because at that point i've been giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're working on fixing the game and stuff like that they did release patch 1.2 it added a couple of features it changed the way police spawn and you know stuff like that but it didn't fix a ton of the games i was watching somebody like there was some writer i forget what site and they were saying the pro- apparently when they're in front of these apartment buildings, cars just crash into this wall. <laughs> they just crash into the wall. And I'm like, this is a PC? Like, this is on PC? And it was on PC. I'm like, and then I got a little, I was like, well, what kind of processor do you have that the cars are just fucking crashing into the wall? You know, I'm victim blaming. I'm victim blaming. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was doing. But that's the thing. It's like, no, like that shouldn't be the case. It's like, yeah, this bug is still happening and, you know, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, it's very, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I hope that they continue to just fix it and work on it. But there's a chance they might. Like I said, the biggest reason for them to do it now is that anime. Well, you know. that's that's the other thing I wonder is if maybe they realize that they're so far behind fixing the bugs that the original plan may have been to to get the multiplayer and the anime out in some kind of time frame related to each other, and that that's blown to smithereens at this point. So why bother announcing the anime? That could be the other thing too. Is maybe they've decided like, oh, we hyped up Cyberpunk 2077 for so long over how many years let's hold off on talking about the multiplayer until we're really ready to announce the multiplayer. Maybe they they might still work on it in the background and then just not say anything until it's like, Oh, and it's ready to go. And it's on your phone now. Maybe, maybe, I mean, at that point, like they, then they have to worry about other things, right? The longer they take to put this multiplayer out, the closer we get to GTA six. You do not want to release anything around that game. (laughs) (laughs) Because 
I mean, and they could prove me wrong. I am not a person for hype. I'm not. I'm not a person for hype. But it's either going to be Rockstar's worst title or it's going to be the greatest game of all time. There is no in between. Playing all other games at that point because GTA will have everything taken care of. Like it's just it's it's either going to be their worst title or it's going to be their greatest game of all time. Like it's just it it, it, it's going to be massive. You don't want to release anything around it. I mean, honestly, developers better hope that Rockstar releases that shit in like February of whatever year it comes out, so it does not completely disrupt all of their other release schedules you know because gta is a monster and we're overdue we are so fucking overdue you're not wrong but given that we don't really have any sort of physical announcement for that game in any capacity um it it, it almost sounds like you're saying like all developers should stop developing games because gta 6 is coming at some point in the future (laughs) no i'm saying just don't release around it all of you are doing work that will be rendered null and void by how this game will change the industry (laughs) and you should just stop and wait for it it's it's like the uh the singularity you do not know what gaming will look like after gta 6 comes out dude when the elephant charges you move out of the way (laughs) <laughs> yeah but there's no <laughs> elephant in sight you're saying there's an elephant coming so why are you standing here and it's like well, where else are we gonna stand you know <laughs> the there's elephant you know there's elephant running around someplace <laughs> you know that it's around so be be careful watch your step you know because gta when it comes it's gonna be massive and that's what i'm saying the longer they take with that with the, the game like this if they if they continue to do the multiplayer the the closer they get to to running a foul <laughs> of Grand Theft Auto, I think the uh, smart thing for for CDPR is to go back and just remake Witcher One and just put that out on on uh, PlayStation Five. Man, I'll be fucking honest with you. If they get because there's a rumor that they are do, re, uh, making Red Dead Redemption One with the Red Dead Redemption Two engine, you don't want to be anywhere near that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest with you because I am 100% going to play that after Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, hell yeah, I'm going to play that. Oh, my, my God. Yeah. Where's my Red Dead Revolver remake? Oh, dude, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's, a, that, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> even though I don't think, I don't, yeah, I, I think it's too far out of the continuity for people to really care. I don't, I don't think anything that happens in Red Dead Revolver really affects Red Dead Redemption. So. But yeah, man, like you just got to watch out for Rockstar. Like they, they've been quiet. You know, there's a, there's a 10 year old out there that hasn't seen a new GTA release. Almost. You know, there's gonna, <laughs> sorry, there's an eight year old out there that hasn't seen a new GTA release. Eight year old. Maybe, maybe this is just a sign of what I have to deal with. Why is an eight year old playing GTA? I feel like. <laughs> There's you an 18-year-old who probably hasn't seen a GTA release. Maybe that's there, where you want to go with that. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of like we're going over now, but like there is no hype like GTA hype. Oh. There is no hype like GTA hype. And there's an eight-year-old out there has never seen GTA hype. You know? This, you know what they saw? They saw cyberpunk hype. <laughs> they seen cyberpunk hype what? and like, ah, this is a letdown. But they've never seen GTA hype, you know? I don't know. I, I got to talk to these kids. They're, they're they're a little too young to be playing these games. <laughs> you know? 
So yeah, you know somebody, somebody's grandma's out there buying them GTA Five. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but right now, like that's like, oh, I got it on sale from the the, the game store. <laughs> well, just... I'll put it to you like this: there's a, there's a kid out there that just thinks GTA Five is a way of life. You know, it's a fact of life. Yeah, you know, you have the sky, the moon, the sun, birds and bees, and GTA Five. That is correct. <laughs> well, that's what there's a. Uh... What is it uh, every September? There's a, a website. I always find it on Slashdot. I forget if they were linking it from somewhere, but they put out a list of like this is what kid this is the world that kids going into college this year have always known. And you you look at this stuff and it's like like you know like The Simpsons has always been on TV. Like obviously that's been true for quite some time. And right. It's like, yeah. it's like yeah, if you ever want to feel old, go look at those lists because you're like what what do you mean like kids going into college this year like have never known. You know, like a world without, uh, you know, like PlayStation, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to our last topic. This should be a quick one, I promise. But Deathloop has been delayed until September 14th. Uh, it says uh, due to... Actually, I'll just read a little bit from an article from Engadget. Arcane and Bethesda have delayed Deathloop once again amid the impact of COVID-19. The time-bending action-adventure game was initially supposed to arrive in late 2020 before the studio and publisher pushed it back to uh, push back the release date. Uh, sorry, to May 21st, but now instead of waiting another six weeks so you, uh, or so to get your hands on Deathloop, you'll have to be patient and wait several more months, but that's the will release the game on PC and PS5, PlayStation 5, where it'll be a console exclusive for one year on September 14th. Uh, we're, we are committed to, this is a, a quote from uh, the developer, we're committed to quality and preserving our team's ambitions for Deathloop while ensuring the health and safety of everyone at Arcane. Uh, we'll be using this extra time to accomplish our goal, create fun, stylish, and mind-bending player experience. I think, uh, yeah, that, that's what they said. You know who also said that? CD Projekt Red. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just going to throw that out there. But I actually think this is good. This is very good, and this is why. I think it's better for them to really, especially since this is a PlayStation 5 exclusive, it is better for them to release this game when more people have PlayStation 5s, hands down. Like, you know, it's going to be on PC and stuff, so you'll just be able to play it on PC, but the, the like, you know, with it, nobody being able to get their hands on it with Xbox, or at least if it was available for Xbox Series X and S uh, and PlayStation 5, you'd have more people that could probably buy it. But now it's, it's a PlayStation 5 exclusive, and just not that many people have fucking PlayStation 5s, man. They just don't. So I think it'd be better because if this doesn't perform well enough, we're not going to see a sequel. We're not going to see the, 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 the series continued. I'm excited for it because when, like when they showed gameplay of it, it really felt like it felt like something that Arcane was good at. And that's creating first person shooters with powers and, um, you know, and actually, I think this one's going to be a bit more gunfight heavy. Because Dishonored was not very gunfight heavy. You know, first of all, it, it could be super stealth if, if you want to. Or it could be very melee um, combat heavy. But not really gun heavy, right? And I think this one's going to be a bit more more gun heavy. It's, it should be fucking good. And I'm looking forward to it. So I'm glad that they're pushing it back quite a bit. But they may run afoul. Not a run afoul. But, you know, they may run into like maybe the Destiny time frame whenever they release whatever shit they're going to put out next. I'm so done with that. I'm so done with Destiny. I'm so fucking done. Like, it got me for the last time this year. This is the salt coming out. It's almost 1 a.m. here, folks. 
<laughs> this is all coming out at this point. Um, but I think, you know, that's when Destiny usually releases their stuff um, in September ish. But I think they pushed it to October last time. But yeah. I don't know that Destiny is the force in the room that you're making it out to be. I don't, it's no, it's no GTA. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, God, no. That's what, that's what I said. When I said run a foul, I'm like, what the fuck am I talking about? Run a foul. No, 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 no. Like, I think, but it, it is two first person shooters kind of at the same time if they release at the same time, you know. Uh, but that puts it, it should put it like weeks ahead of like, I think there's a new Battlefield coming out and um, it'll put it weeks ahead of the next weeks ahead of the next Call of Duty, which apparently is supposed to be another World War II game. And I'm like, okay, y'all. Like, come on. Come on. You could do better than this. Even though Modern like, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say that because Modern Warfare was really good. Like, when they re- did the Modern War- that that's another one. Another remake. Modern Warfare was another remake that wasn't actually a remake because it was a prequel to the first Modern Warfare. So there you go. Two for me, Nick. Two for me. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna put out a shot-for-shot remake of Last of Us on PS5, and it, 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 it's all it's gonna be. And you're just gonna be like, "What? Why did they?" Do-? None of us are gonna understand because yeah. it doesn't make sense. But... <laughs> I think it was uh, Patrick Beha on Twitter who said, uh, uh, "It was uh, what do you say? He said, he said, how how do you how do you honor your 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 contract to to put out a game for PlayStation without actually putting out the game for PlayStation and then he like had the little head tap thing like, <laughs> <laughs> like if we just keep delaying it and eh, then we we never have to you know make a PlayStation game so <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I don't I don't know that that's necessarily what's going on here but uh I have to think I don't know I I I think at this point their main concern is getting the game done and then once it's in a much closer state to where it's ready, then they can figure out exactly where the launch window should be. If they need to move it by a week or two, um, you know, that's, I, I think that's, that's a discussion they can have at a later point where, when they're more comfortable, because for all we know, you know, they might get, you know, a few months in and be like, well, we're actually going to need three more months anyway. So it's, you know, push it back from September. It doesn't matter. Um, right. So we'll, we'll, we'll oh. see, but uh, I mean, it looks like a good game. I'm looking forward to that. Right. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we're going to go ahead and start closing up here. What do we have coming up this week on the Mash Those Buttons Network? We have a new Warcraft Reloaded. Uh, Within that is our World of Warcraft Classic show. We have a new Double Tap uh, on Tuesday. That is our FGC show for the fighting game community. And we have a new Push the Point. Actually, we're going to have three new Push the Points this week. I think we're going to have one on Monday-ish. We're going to have one on Wednesday and another one on Thursday. And then the season starts. There's going to be a lot of Overwatch this week, folks. A lot of Overwatch this week. Because he's going to get grumpy from being pushed so much. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have a new WoW Talk. You can find Nick here on WoW Talk this Wednesday. Eric has a new microphone, so enjoy that. That's for about World of Warcraft Guild and community uh, and news. And we have a new Dropping Spicy, which is Apex Legends podcast. We are going to have a new Night City Stories coming up this Thursday or Friday. Um, and that is our Cyberpunk 2077 podcast where I'll probably mention that the multiplayer is not going to be happening because if you listen to that show, you'll like, you know, we kind of talk about, well, maybe they'll do this when the multiplayer comes out. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Are, are you getting into uh destiny uh, old in orbit destiny stage uh, episodes where you're just complaining about the game the whole time? 
No, I don't. I don't complain about cyber. I do. I complain. I do complain about something. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll say like, I'm like, yeah, see, this was a missed opportunity. This was a missed opportunity. There's a lot of missed opportunities in that game. So, but it's not, it's not destiny style. That was like visceral. I was like, people have made games like this before. And you guys did not follow the blueprint, you know? And it's not, yeah, it's that, that don't, don't get me started, Nick. Nick's trying to get me on a tangent here. I do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'd like to thank you guys for listening. Uh, like I said earlier, you can follow us on twitter.com slash the mash, uh, twitter.com slash the mash network if you want to follow what's going on with um, this show or, you know, any of the other shows we have on the network. Uh, Nick, why don't you tell them where they can find you? You can find me, as mentioned, on WoW Talk and also on The Torn and the Goblin, where we talk about uh, story and lore. And you can find me on uh, Twitter at twitter.com slash Church of Ja. Actually, is it Church of Ja? Sorry. No, that's the old ones. Josh Radamus now. Sorry. Past Ja just came out. Yes, yeah, Josh Radamus. Uh, but my Twitch is my twitch.tv is. Um, Church of Jaw. So Twitch.tv slash Church of Jaw. You can find me streaming there from time to time. I just streamed some Overwatch the other day. And, you know, I, I'll pop in there randomly. But you can also find me streaming on our Mashes Buttons Twitch channel, which we're going to have more of an official schedule. But we'll push some, put some news about that uh, as well. Um, but you can also find me on Night City Stories right now. Like I said, that's our Cyberpunk 2077 podcast. And generally what we talk, we talk about the story and how it goes and you know, the different angles you can take, or at least the different dialogue options and, you know, what they kind of reveal about the game. So, uh, also, as I mentioned earlier, we'd love to have you join our discord, which is mash.gg slash discord and join our community. And I encourage you guys to reach out with comments and questions, uh, for the show. So you can either reach out on discord or reach out on Twitter, or you can even email us at contact at mash.gg. Um, if you enjoy the show, and you want to help us out. The best way to do this is to share the show with others and rate and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. If you want to take your support a bit further, you can go to mtb.gg slash support. And you can see all the ways you can support mash those buttons. You can join Patreon at patreon.com slash mash those buttons, where you can help support mash those buttons with tiers starting at $1 a month and gain early access to content as well as exclusive content. We also have a Teespring store which is teespring.com slash store slash mash those buttons. And we do have Twitch descriptions available at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. We also have a humble bundle affiliate link and one time PayPal donations. Uh, if you're interested in that and I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about mash those buttons. And with that, we are done for the week. We're going to try to two weeks in a row. At least <laughs> we'll catch you guys next time. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network 
facebook.com slash mash those buttons or join our discord at mash.gg slash discord. 